everybody, uh, before we get to today's episode of Parenting Today, uh, Kurt and I will be discussing youth ministry and the insanity of churches actually participating in that ministry since it's not even mentioned in Scripture. Uh, so be sure to tune into that. But as we're talking about youth ministry, just a reminder about um, a resource we've produced entitled Bible 101. We have a 12-week study but we've also turned that into a booklet. Uh, so go to resources tab and then look at the bookstore uh, drop down and you'll see the booklet entitled Bible 101 for students. Hopefully you'll enjoy that. Uh, here's our episode today. Hey everybody, welcome back to Parenting Today. I'm John and Kurt Cooper is here with me. Hey Kurt. Hey John. And I guess we can just let everybody know we're both kind of struggling a little bit this morning, right? I'm a little oh, you gro- are, big time. I'm a little groggy. <laughs> Kurt says that because this is the second take of the opening because I already messed up the first take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess- yeah, we, typically re- we typically record these in the morning um, first thing, and if it's been a real eventful morning, then, you know, you just kind of get here and you're like, wow, I'm just happy to be sitting down for a second. So that's one of those mornings for me. Yeah. And and I guess we need to start off the podcast by apologizing to everybody uh, because we did not get anything uh, recorded for you guys last week. And I guess depending on the order of how we put these podcasts out, um, this might be two weeks after that. We had to run a rerun or air a rerun. Um, and really, that was because of the week of youth leader training. Uh, Kurt and I were both in Nashville, and uh, we hoped to get something out to you guys, and we just didn't have time to record something. But we hope that you enjoyed the rerun of our episodes on bad words. Uh, we aired those, and part of the reason we did that uh, is because, as we've said on this podcast, we're going to have Brian Haybig as a guest <coughs> in a few weeks to discuss bad words uh, in a little more detail. So anyway, hope that didn't disappoint you guys as you woke up first thing in the morning, uh, anxious to hear a new episode (laughs) of parenting today. And then you saw the word rerun. So Mm. we apologize if that (laughs) ruined your day for you. Do you want to say you're sorry as well? I'm not really sorry because I was trying to get John to let us do a parenting today on the NBA trade deadline, but he refused (laughs) to let us do it. So Whatever. I feel like that's something that parents really need to talk to their kids about. You know, should you force a trade out of New Orleans? Hmm. You know, you signed a contract, you know, or, you know, should you, you know, is, is the, uh, is the whole salary cap system kind of, you know, used to deflate wages and not let people earn what they deserve? I don't know. It's a complicated issue. It's something I think lots of parents face. So Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. A timely conversation uh, for sure. All parents are... <laughs> Really struggling with that. Um, so, yeah, we do apologize. Maybe maybe we can deal with that next season. I don't know. Um, Kurt, any other current things you want to discuss before we jump into our conversation for today besides the NBA? Well, the, well, the only thing that's in the news is – well, I will say this. Uh, um, it's Speaking about the NBA and speaking about the trade, de- trade deadline and also taking it back to, like, high school sports for a second is that – I think two days ago, uh, the Indianapolis Pacers defeated the Los Angeles Lakers like really badly by like 40 points. And at one point <laughs> during the game, 
one of the players for the Los Angeles Lakers was shooting free throws, and everyone in the stadium was chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. Um, <laughs> LeBron's going to trade you. Um, and which, you know, has to probably – might be true, obviously, and then has to probably really hurt their team chemistry. Well, then I found out that um, several, of the, several of the schools uh, where my students go – that they do these also do these strangely personal chants uh, at basketball games uh, when they're playing their rival. So if uh, if a guy on the other team was dating a girl from the other school and and she dumped him, then when that guy gets ready to shoot free throws, these guys just the other school just starts chanting, um, "So and so dumped you, so and so dumped you." Oh like my over goodness. <laughs> um, the uh, or just like all like they just and. I think that's a really, you know, I think sometimes when we get in crowds and sports and it's very tribalistic, lots of times we just jump into the idea that it's kind of fun to like, you know, make fun of people. And, but I, you know, I, and certainly I've been accused of that, but like, uh, I, I was kind of bothered by it just to be honest. I was like, man, that is just, that just seems like, um, that just doesn't seem like something very loving or kind or even in good fun. Like it mm-hmm. seems like kind of, um, you know, I know you're trying to make, get them to miss the free throw, but I don't know. Some things like that I would be bothered by. That's the only thing. And unless you want to talk about the state of the union. <laughs> no. Um, here's, this might seem like a strange thing to bring up, but the, the reality TV series survivor, which is, yeah. I don't know. And it's 37th season. I, I don't know how many seasons it's been on. I, I did uh, enjoy that show back in the day. I used to watch that a lot, and I don't, you know, watch it anymore. I haven't watched it in several seasons, but I can remember, and this is to your point, Kurt, that you know there were kind of heroes and villains on the show, people that you just did not, you know, like at all. And I can remember when they do the live season finale, people were booing this one female that was on the show because she was kind of a quote unquote villain, and she left the stage in tears. Um, and mm. the, the announcer just said, you know, sometimes we forget, yes, this is a show. We kind of play these things up, but these are real people, you know, with, with feelings and emotions and, and just connecting that to, I mean, people taking cheap shots, um, at a real human, I mean, you know, talking about high schoolers, trash talking about somebody's relationship breaking up. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we can watch a sport and we just, forget these are image bearers and these are people with emotions and feelings. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got to be cautious of that. And just not, not to put you on the spot, Kurt, do you, do you try to address that uh, with your youth group? Do you make statements and yeah. Sunday school lessons or wh- whatever talking about that? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, that's probably something that I would talk with high school students at our fellowship, not something I would really bring up to junior hires or to, um, but, um, I was just thinking about, because I just found out about that. I wasn't at the game and that happened, but um, I, I found out about it. And I was just thinking to myself this morning, actually, in the rush, I was like, I wonder how I would approach that topic. And I wonder what the, what my, you never want to say, I always think to myself, very few times do I want to say, don't do that. Instead, I want to say like, here's what you do instead. Um, like an option. I mean, there are things where you just say, don't, that's wrong to do, obviously. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's, I think it's a better motivating, um, it's, it's better for correction to be able to say, instead of that, do this. And I don't know what I would say um, um, 
Yeah, I don't know what I would say. I've been thinking about that, but I don't have an answer. I know it would make the podcast better if I'd already thought about thought that through, but I hadn't. Well, I, I kind of put oh. you on the spot there. Um, yeah, you're such a jerk, John. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We'll just go ahead and transition from that. Uh, and look, <laughs> our, our topic, you know, kind of a segue, um, not the jerk comment um, that wounded me deeply. Uh, we're talking about youth ministry today. And I think, you know, it seems like this is a conversation that some families wrestle with. You know, some families just kind of don't even think about it. It's just, all right, our child is moving from the fifth grade into the sixth grade or the sixth grade into seventh grade. I know some youth ministries start in sixth grade, some in seventh. Um, And they just think, okay, well, now they're in youth group and they don't really think much of it. There are some parents who are very cautious of youth ministry and even, you know, going to the extreme, (laughs) they see it as just this, you know, corrupt place that they do not want to send their children. And they're terrified uh, that this place is going to corrupt their children. And, um, you know, even though we might can joke about that and Kurt and I are obviously biased as youth workers, um, there's some, you know, validity uh, to some of those concerns for sure. And so Kurt, let's just Let's discuss youth ministry. Let's, again, think about this. I mean, you're a parent, Kurt. I'm a parent. We've also both been in in youth ministry. You're currently serving in youth ministry. I tell people, even though I'm the director of resources at RYM, that I'm still in youth ministry. It's just a different capacity. Um, So so we've got some some bias uh, towards youth ministry, Mm -hmm. and we're for it. Um, but you know, let's, let's talk about this again through creation, fall redemption, highlighting the good and the bad of youth ministry, um, giving some advice to, to youth workers as well of ways in which they can do it poorly and ways in which they can do it well. Uh, so Kurt, let's, let's enter into this. Uh, you want to start off, uh, talking about youth ministry, just kind of some, uh, maybe making a biblical case for it. Um, well, actually, I was hoping that you would make the biblical case for it, and I could kind of talk about maybe why someone would be suspicious of youth ministry. Can we can we go that way? Like, no, because I, I just I, asked you the question. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, uh, all right. We'll, we'll do both. We'll we'll go back and forth. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, I feel like I don't know if many people who are suspicious of youth ministry are going to be listening to this podcast, but just in case that they are, I wanted to not. Um, I wanted to let them know that we, I, I take that idea seriously. And the way that I relate it um, is that, you know, it, putting your child in youth ministry is sort of like putting them in a new school, um, you know, uh, because you don't know who all is going to be at that school and what they're going to be exposed to. And are they going to make friends and are they going to have the right teacher and are they going to be keep up or are they going to feel weird or are they, you know, and, um, you know, I think that's certainly what I felt the first time that our oldest went to school. I was just I was anxious, probably more anxious than he was, um, because I thought, well, you know, I know what we do at home. I, I can control that and I also know it. And this is like an unknown factor. And like, do I want to expose my children who I'm responsible for to this um, and it end up being a negative influence on their lives? So. Um, that all I'm trying to say is that it's, I, I, we might joke about like people who think youth ministry is, you know, not needed or unimportant, but I take that concern seriously. So, mm-hmm. um, 
All that to say is I take that concern seriously. All right, why should we do youth ministry? Okay, why should we? Well, I, on in this instance, I'm going to go ahead and say that really the onus is on someone to say why we shouldn't, um, because no one would ever ask that question about any other part of the church. No one would say, well, why should we minister to children, or why? Which youth is a division of children in my mind, but. Or why should we minister to adults? Or why should we minister to children? Or why should we minister to whoever? I mean, why we should minister to them is because we've been called to take the gospel to um, to Judea and to the ends of the, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, um, you know, it only makes sense that we would try to target people. To, you know, the other reason before we get into like the biblical reasons to do youth ministry is that um, uh, the time when between when someone becomes a completely dependent child, when someone transitions from being a completely dependent child to being an autonomous adult, is a very important time in their lives. And if there's any time in, in their life where um, the church ought to be actively pursuing to have a voice um, within their life and within, within their lives, within their context, it would have to be during, when they're youths, um, when they're in their youth years, because um, so many people um, you know, come to know the Lord when and and are converted you know somewhere between 10 and and 20 i'd say uh, i won't say i mean i don't have the statistics so i can't prove this but in my opinion it seems like it's the vast majority of christians that i meet are are converted um and uh are converted when they're um in those teen years somewhere between junior high and college and uh and so uh, the church that's just an arena where the church can't afford not to speak uh can't afford not to have a voice it's a marketplace where we have to have a shop set up so at the very at the very least i would say that it's it's incumbent upon us to minister to youth in a special way just because of the unique situation that they find themselves in in that transition time between um between a full-on childhood and full-on adulthood and if you look in the Bible, there's lots of examples of young people being ministered to. And most notably, I'm, I mean, the place where everyone wants to go is Timothy, is the, you know, is Paul's letters to Tim, Timothy, where it says, you know, um, uh, where he tells him, you know, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be an example of love to the church. Uh, Paul clearly invested in Timothy and a number of other um, young people as well. So that would be one example. Um not to mention that our um, that we're called to train up our children in the way they should go, and um, the whole church takes vows. If you're in my denomination, the whole church takes vows to help parents raise those children. And uh, teenagers are still children; they're still dependent. They might be trying to flex their adult muscles a little bit, trying to figure it out, but they're not ready to fly out of the nest yet. And so we have a we're we're required. Um, to help those parents as well. So those are just some of the motivations, I guess, for and doing youth ministry in mind. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's well said, Kurt. Now, I like how you said the onus is on the person to say why we shouldn't do youth ministry. Um, but, but to be yeah. sure, I mean, Kurt, you've served in youth ministry, you and I, about 15 years each, um, you know, give or take. Mm-hmm. And we, we've heard those objections. I mean, we've heard people say, well, youth ministry is not mentioned in the Bible. And people even saying, you know, the... The, the youth age is just kind of an invented age that the word teenager, you know, did not come around until the 1900s. And, you know, it was an yeah. uh, issue of popular <laughs> science magazine, I think was when it first hey, John. appeared. Yes. 
to kind of jump in and say that the word Trinity is not in the Bible and no woman and, and no woman takes the Lord's Supper in the Bible either. But, you know, anyway, so that's <laughs> yeah, a that's no, that's but, a dangerous that's probably the weakest argument. Yes, so I, but I'm glad you brought that up, because, again, if we want to start talking about what is not specifically mentioned in the Bible, I mean, goodness, I mean. Let's just say the Trinity. We don't have to go any further than that. Um, that. That is a vital doctrine that is taught in, in Scripture, even though the word Trinity does not appear. Yeah, because um, you know what's so important about that, John, is that the concept of Trinity exists in the Bible. It's just the word had not been invented yet. And you know what else exists? You know what else, What other concept existed in the Bible, but the word had not been invented? Being a teenager. Mm-hmm. So just because the term didn't exist doesn't mean the concept didn't exist. I mean, um, anyway— I'm sorry to interrupt. But keep no, going. that's that's good. And again, yeah, this is important to grasp this, to realize it. I mean, we, we see, you know, since creation, I mean, God establishing um, family, the institution of marriage, of family. <laughs> I mean, we, we see the establishing of the, the church um, for sure. And so we see these as institutions that the Lord established. And, and really just to me, youth ministry is a practical outworking of those things that we know, I mean, later, you know, in Matthew chapter 12, uh, when Jesus was asked about his, you know, his mother and his brothers were standing outside, he, you know, replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He's pointing to his disciples. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And so just being reminded that we are all united as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that if we claim the name of Jesus Christ, this is our family. And so in a sense, youth ministry is, is simply, you know, the broader family of the church. And so we're coming along, you know, if, as we're talking about youth workers as older brothers and sisters in Christ, ministering to our younger brothers and sisters in Christ. And again, just being united as, as one family. Uh, Kurt, it looked like you wanted to say something. On that. No, I, actually, okay. I was really just listening to you. I wasn't trying to jump in. Normally, okay. when I want to interrupt, John, I'll just interrupt. <laughs> you think I would know that by now? <laughs> I know. That's, that's what I was a little confused about. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, it, yeah, the youth ministry is just a natural outworking of that. I know some people see, you know, covenant theology, and I'd say it's just a natural outworking of covenant theology. Some people, you know, don't adhere to covenant theology. So just in general terms, speaking of the family uh, in Christ, um, something, too, that I, that I do kind of point to is, you know, all the way back in Genesis when um, the Lord said a man is to leave his father and mother and cleave uh, to his wife. I know that can seem like a strange verse to cite as we're talking about youth ministry, but as parents, we do have to see that we are raising our children to leave us, uh, that we are raising our children to be independent Mm. and to, Lord willing, establish new families. Um, and, And I think youth ministry is a very helpful way to assist families in doing that. Um, You know, oftentimes what I would say when parents were coming into our youth ministry, we had a parent orientation meeting for those first-time parents, you know, who had children that were just now entering the youth ministry. And I told them, this is where they start saying goodbye to their children. And of course, many moms start to cry and everybody gets (laughs) <laughs> terrified of that that statement, but it's a reality. I say, wait, wait, yeah. start the meeting well, John. <laughs> well, it gets their attention, um, but say, hey, yeah. look, you have six years before they're leaving, Lord willing, leaving um, your home. They're still under the, the roof of your household, but you begin to let go of them in these ages because you are giving them more responsibility. I mean, Lord willing, they're going to be able to have their driver's license. Uh, did you hear that beep? I had hmm? a, I had an alarm go off on my 
calendar, and I thought you heard that. Um, but, but Lord willing, they're going to have their driver's license, and so you're going to give them keys to a car, and they're going to be doing things more independent with their, their friends. And so I feel like youth ministry allows um, parents to let go of their children a little bit and, and again, entrust them to older brothers and sisters in Christ who are serving in youth ministry, uh, but coming mm-hmm. alongside them and helping them. I mean, the older I've gotten and the more children I've had, the more I've realized, and we've said on this podcast, that I, I need help. I need other people saying the same messages uh, to my children. And so youth ministry is a, a vital ministry that can come alongside and echo what we're communicating in the home, but again, in the broader household of Christ. Okay. I think that was well said. Um, why let's, let's, can we flip it and talk about the, like the potential pitfalls of having a youth ministry in your church? Yeah, I think that'd be good. And I think at this point we need to say also, um, I don't, well, I don't know if this is appropriate at this particular moment, but, um, just because, uh, Maybe maybe someone's listening to this and they had a youth ministry in the church that didn't go well. And so maybe they're like, mm, we don't need that anymore um, for whatever reason. And um, I just want to be careful that when we talk about these things that we realize that like, you know, um, that we acknowledge that like um, there are good youth ministers and bad youth ministers. Um, and we like to fancy ourselves good ones. I don't know how exactly good. We are, but um, but there are good youth ministers and bad youth ministers. But just because someone did something poorly doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. Um, if a if a minister acts, if a minister drowned everyone to be baptized, you know, we would say the problem is with the minister, not with baptism. We'd still baptize people. You know what I mean? Um, if you know if if people choked to death on the Lord's Supper, we would say the problem was with you know how it was served, not we're not going to just quit the Lord's Supper. So recognizing that some people have had, you know, some real trauma or some real bad experiences with youth ministry. We don't want to diminish those, but because something wasn't done well, doesn't necessarily mean that it's still not worth doing. Um, All that to say is that what do you see, John, as kind of the logical arguments or the problems that arise with the church when it comes to youth ministry? Yeah, I think the... um... I guess the the first thing that comes to mind is, and I guess this kind of goes along with what you're saying about they're good youth ministers and they're bad youth ministers. And so just kind of the, the label of fun and games, you know, of kind mm-hmm. of just shallow youth ministry. It seems like, you know, when you say youth ministry, those are kind of the thoughts that some people have when they think negatively about youth ministry. Oh, it's just you know, cokes and jokes, as people say, oh, it's just kind of gross out games. It's just a lot of fun. There's very little emphasis on, you know, the teaching of God's word. And what we need to say is, well, that's been correct. You know, in, in history, there have been, you know, some forms of youth ministry and some youth ministries that that's really what they were about. They just thought, okay, we've got to do whatever it takes, you know, to get teenagers to come into the doors and so some of that is playing just gross out games some of it is just kind of pushing the envelope with humor Uh, some of it is just the entertainment type youth ministry just what can we do to keep teenagers happy to make them laugh to to have them show up 
And some of that is just very shallow tactics mm-hmm. um, to, to get them to come into the doors. And so that's just something, you know, youth workers and churches kind of have to own in a sense, even if they weren't a part of it to realize, okay, okay, look, maybe these parents that are reluctant to have their children involved, maybe that was their experience growing up. Maybe they were in a mm-hmm. church where, you know, they went to a ministry and they never even heard the, a youth ministry and they never heard the gospel once. They didn't hear it until mm-hmm. they got to college and they're thinking, wow, this youth ministry was a joke. And so, Kurt, I guess to answer your question, I mean, that's the first place I would go and the first, I guess, the most obvious critique of youth ministry. Also, would you say one of the critiques of youth ministry is sometimes it can be this idea that, you know, I drop this, this would be on the opposite end, but like I drop you, I, I'm going to give you this immature sixth grader, or immature seventh grader. Um, could you get him or her ready for college um, in the next five to six years? Um Good luck. All right. And, um, you know, uh, and parents kind of uh, abdicating their responsibility to raise their children um, because they say, OK, well, now we have the youth minister. And so or we have the youth ministry. So that's that's what, you know, you take care of that kind of outsourcing, raising our teenagers because we have a youth ministry. I'd say that's m- maybe one other big error that occurs. I would say pretty common error. Um, I'd say a third thing that is also a little bit problematic about youth ministry is that oftentimes um, we the uh, churches, not my church is certainly not, not like this, but a lot of churches, they give lip service to the fact that youth ministry is important, but then they hire someone that is unqualified and underpaid um, to do that youth ministry. They, they prove um, they prove with their um with their search and with their wallet that they don't think that it's important. Um, they say that it's important, um, but they ask some, someone who is unqualified and unprepared to do a job that they couldn't do. Um, and so that's probably, that might be another uh, big problem. I, I remember uh, Bebo Elkin, who I think, you know, too, um, who is a elder um, in a church in Jackson um, who used to say about youth ministry, if you pay peanuts, don't expect anything but monkeys. Um, so, uh, uh, so, you know, that's, that's another thing that happens too, is that, uh, you know, churches kind of do a half measure, um, with, and that I think I read somewhere that like the average youth ministry stay is like less than two years, um, at a church. And that says something about it. And maybe a fourth thing is that some people look at youth ministry as maybe a stepping stone to, and I'm going to use air quotes here, which is stupid on a podcast because you can't see my fingers, but real ministry um, that that I do youth ministry uh, so until it's time for me to get in the big boy pulpit with the big boy, you know, and do big boy ministry, which I'm going to say could not be further from the truth. Most of the time, um, you know, youth ministry deals with all the same issues that you're going to deal with, um, in, the uh, in adult ministry. Um, you know, sometimes the problems are a little more, um, extreme on the adult end, but, uh, that's another maybe problematic presupposition of youth ministry. Yeah. And let me, um, say, uh, to your last point, I agree with that statement, but pushing back slightly, um, which kind of sounds contradictory. I think we could say, you know, that it does prepare, us for, you know, being assistant pastor, a senior pastor of a church that, I, I you know, 
it's incorrect to say, oh, it prepares you for real ministry, or it's just a stepping stone. To use that kind of language terminology, I completely disagree with. Um, but but there is a sense in which, yeah, if you, if you, you know, if there are people out there who, who long to be a senior pastor, um, youth ministry is a great ministry to prepare you for that. Because like Kurt just said, uh, you, you deal with everything you're going to be dealing with um, as a senior pastor. And oftentimes, I've said before, there are some ways in which youth ministry deals with issues that the senior pastor has not yet had to deal with because uh, oftentimes teenagers are kind of on the front line of the culture. Um, you, know, you know, if we think of just kind of all the nuances with the LGBTQ movement, there are issues that, you know, I was dealing with in youth ministry, and I know youth yeah. workers dealing with now that senior pastors have not yet had to deal with, and they're, you know, having to come alongside and, and help and walk with them. And so, and he, again— and, he, and even more so, even more so with, like, technology and social media. Absolutely. Youth ministers have to um, confront those issues often. Uh, they're on the front end of that. They're on the front lines of that battle, too. Yeah. So that, that as well. For sure. And Kurt, yeah, you, you made a lot of good points there. And kind of going back to, I think, the the first one that you made of uh, some people have a negative view of youth ministry because they think that it just allows parents to shirk their responsibility of raising their own children and just, oh, we can drop them off, you know, once a week at the church and the youth workers can just um, do uh, do the job that, that we should do. And And really, you know, even though, you know, people can make that claim and there might be some validity uh, to that, uh, it's really... That's more on the responsibility of the parents and them shirking their responsibility. But it seems like youth ministry can kind of be the the whipping boy for those those types of statements. Um, and, and really, something that kind of goes along with that that statement, Kurt, is just you know I've heard parents say to me, John, you know, really that so and so's father is their youth minister, you know, not you. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I would want to push back against that and say, no, the father is not their youth minister. The father is their father. <laughs> that's a yeah. specific role that's been given to them, you know, from the Lord, from Scripture, uh, that actually, you know, has greater responsibility than, you know, the youth worker has. And so just kind of pushing against that kind of language, that kind of thinking. Um, again, I kind of I hear what the parent's trying to say, but but I do think it's, you know, somewhat incorrect. And another incorrect statement that kind of, again, fits in this category is, and I thought this as I was getting into youth ministry, uh, the statement, you know, if parents did their job, we wouldn't have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that if they actually, you know, took all the um, theology and were taking the responsibility to raise their, their child, that, that there wouldn't really be any need for youth ministry. But again, just incorrect thinking uh, because of what I said earlier, because of the family of Christ, we, we need our own children in our specific households to be around other children from other households to to learn. I mean, just think of the implications of that. I mean, learn, you know, sinning against each other and learning forgiveness and conflict resolution and, and just, again, all of just. And, the, and, and seeing, seeing that my family's way of doing things is not the only Christian way to do things. Absolutely. In a lot of ways, I think that is like one of the main functions of a youth minister. Like when you have students into your home, like I do on a fairly regular basis is just like, look, we, we keep the cups in this cabinet. Um, you know, well, that's weird. We keep the cups over there. Well, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like we do this or we do that. And like, uh, our, my, our family, whatever my particular family is, hasn't written a book on how to live as Christians. And, um, and, and, 
you know, when you're again, because like you said earlier, we're not raising children, we're raising young, we're raising the future of the church, men and women, they need to learn how to relate to one another within the church. When you go to a church, you're not going to be dealing with people you're related to. You know what I mean? You're going to be dealing with all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, um, Jews and Greeks, and you know, <laughs> you know, men and women, all kinds of uh different histories and different ministries that they've been a part of and is meaningful to them. And so in some ways youth ministry is a little bit like a primer for being a member of a regular church, um, a full fledged adult member of a regular church, because you're learning that, you know, there, there are lots of different kinds of people that you're going to deal with. And uh, you're, you know, lots of different kinds of Christians and, and you're going to need to be able to deal with those people. And the sooner that you um, learn how to do that, the better it will be, the better you'll be at being a deacon or, a, you know, an officer in the women in the church or an elder or whatever it is. So um, in, in that way, there is that social fellowship aspect of the youth group that um, that I think prepares students to be um, in uh, to be adult members of a church once they leave the home. Yeah, for sure. And, and as we know, every one of us has blind spots. And when we think about our specific family, we're often passing those blind spots onto our children. And so once they leave our roof and, and get around other people who aren't under our, our roof, th- those blind spots can be exposed. And that can be mm-hmm. you know, a painful thing, an uncomfortable thing, but a needed thing and a helpful thing. And youth ministry can, can provide that. And so, Kurt, I know, as we, we've said plenty of times, as we discuss any kind of topic, we're kind of going back and forth between the creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And so some of this is, you know, highlighting the bad, but also trying to, to redeem it and think about it. And so, Kurt, we're, we're right at 32 minutes right now. Uh, so yeah, we, just, we should probably uh, break. Uh, pick this up uh, on Thursday, continue our conversation, highlighting some more negatives, some concerns, uh, but then ways in which we can redeem it and really just um, encouraging parents, ways in which they can think about youth ministry, come alongside those working in youth ministry, as well as some cautions for youth workers of um, what they should be doing in youth ministry, what they should not be doing, things like that. So um, Kurt, I always ask you to take it out, but I'll take us out today, even though I brought us in to So, hey, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to continuing this conversation on Thursday. See you, Kurt. See you, John.